Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories today. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Abraham Lincoln to his George Washington, Michael Howard. Which one of us chopped down a tree and which one, which one never told a lie? Um, I think George Washington chopped down the cherry tree and Abraham Lincoln never told a lie. Okay. Or yeah, both. Sure. Maybe both. Maybe George Washington bo- did both. But what's, Abe was what's definitely honest, thing? Abe. What's your thing, though? Why'd you pick this one? <laughs> and which one was I again? Because it's it's February. It's President's Day. It's oh yeah, the good the good day. Yeah. Well, you didn't, Michael, you it, didn't have uh, you didn't have yesterday off for President's Day. Yesterday no. being Monday. No, the 8th, I did. Seventeenth. No, because if if my company had to recognize one more holiday, they would legally. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what they would legally have to do because I didn't have a joke there. But no, they don't recognize. <laughs> The big, nothing outside the big four mm. or five. I don't know how many holidays there are. Well, it is George Washington's birthday coming up on the 22nd, and it was Abraham Lincoln's birthday on the 12th. So cool. we're still in the, we're still in the range. Still in the zone. Okay. That's fun. Because well, you're not a, not a big, not a big president's guy. Not a big, uh, you know, less and less as time <laughs> goes on. Like every passing day, I become less of a president's guy. Well, no, but that's why you have to be nostalgic for the old ones that were good because we've only heard the good things about them i'm sure they were shitty in their time yeah again i mean like even abraham lincoln like he he sounds great but like knowing what we know about presidents now i i feel I mean, like there's probably some shit that's most i mean one all of them were slave owners who couldn't wash their dicks second of all i, think, <laughs> I don't think abraham lincoln only these slaves let's let's take that well one. not okay not okay before a certain point all of them did um, also you know what? And maybe this is something that I've learned from uh, dating apps and some of, talking to some of my friends. I think I think we give Abe a bit more of a pass because he was tall. We just assume <laughs> like we're just like hey, he's a better guy. The guy's tall and you know lanky, probably can dunk. I bet he was cool. You know he was tall. He was very very tall, and then he he wore a tall hat on top of it. Like he right. understood what being tall meant. In right. It was a, but again, if he was one, if he was five eight, we one wouldn't think he was that cool as shit. And two, we would have thought the hat was really dumb and he was being a tryhard because he was five eight, wanted to look six four. Yeah, the problem was though that apparently he was like a really good fighter. Like he could just whoop yeah. people's shit. And Long so shanks. like you're like you one person said, Hey, that that hat looks dumb, and then he was like, Okay, and he took off the hat, the jacket, whooped their ass real fast, put back and on you know, the hat, and then no one else did that. Well, so Michael, now you've now you've stumbled into something that I actually do like if we're pining for the Halcyon days of of good presidents, <laughs> a president who can just handle his business and just whoop some ass, like personally whoop the ass, is I think what we've been because I think all modern presidents have just relied on the army you know we got we got the army <laughs> it's like i mean and like our most recent fucking medal of freedom winner uh calling our president mr man in like when like talking about how he doesn't think uh <laughs> people would support pp to judge because uh he's gay and not because he's, he sucks um and the, but like called he's like can you imagine him in a debate with mr man donald trump i was like is, do you guys really think that though yeah probably <laughs> he's a big ball of dough yeah Anyway, beyond the shitty President's Day, um, I did get a very important email from my apartment complex telling me that it is Taco Tuesday night in the clubhouse later. Well, so hell yeah. You, you know I'm getting down to that. Oh, man. So, I'm so yeah. jealous. So the week is looking up, buddy. Things are going good. Every, anytime you have like 
buffet style food it should just be tacos because anything tastes good in a tortilla and critically important no one has to shove their hands into taco fixins exactly all of that can be done via big spoon (laughs) which is so important the best the big spoon is is the best especially like we got coronavirus going around i am not risking it's yeah i'm not risking your nasty ass hands getting (laughs) in my taco meat no thank you oh man uh, speaking of coronavirus, did you... <laughs> You're too excited about it. <laughs> I am. Because, because look, I've been trying to convince Rachel that going on cruises could be fun. No, and she was like, can't. She was like, no, cruises are not fun. What about the cruise that got stuck? And because the uh, it got stuck at sea and then the toilets overflowed and basically people were like swimming and shit. Hold on, Michael. You have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> One of those several times that happened. But... But one of the things that she tried to use was the fact that there was a cruise ship stuck out at sea for two weeks because they they thought that it might that somebody might have coronavirus on it. So they basically quarantined the ship out at sea. But they got finally got accepted by Cambodia. Okay, well, hold on. How, where was the cruise from, and how many ports of call did they try to like? pandemic their way into before Cambodia was like yeah sure these guys seem cool all right so 1544 passengers and 802 crew a lot of fucking people they um were supposed to stop in Hong Kong sure but before they got there they found out that somebody on the ship had been in Wuhan China which is where the coronavirus had originated and Apparently he had this he or she had the sniffles and they were like, shit, we have coronavirus on this cruise. So Hong Kong was like, yeah, no, fuck you. Um, Mm -hmm. They tried Japan, Taiwan, Guam, the Philippines and Thailand. Everyone was like, yeah, no, thank you. This honest before we get to any further. I mean, yeah, obviously the no thank you. (laughs) This to me seems like very much the end of Dark Knight and putting like our collective humanity to the test being like. Oh, cool. There's one guy who ha- he had the sniffles and was in Wuhan. Great. Lock him in his stateroom and never open the door again. If you could put a shape charge on the outside of his room and blast him into the ocean, all the better. Great. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to necessarily shoot him in the ocean right away, but like maybe a proximity mine on the door. So if he gets tries to get out. Right. If he tries if he tries to step to shit, then yeah. sorry, he did it to himself. Sorry. that I mean, that's on you. We told Should've, you what would happen. You decided it. Shouldn't have gotten the cold. Um, but the fact that they didn't just immediately throw him overboard, um, that's pretty fun. Way to go. <laughs> so, uh, so apparently it was found aboard a other cruise ship and 218 passengers did have the virus. So it, it wasn't completely unprecedented, but it may have been a little bit of an overreaction. So apparently they finally got accepted by Cambodia, which as this writer story will Helpfully point out, Hun Sen, an authoritarian ruler condemned by Western countries for human rights abuses, said, Our current disease around the world is fear and discrimination, he said. If Cambodia didn't allow this ship to dock, where should these 2,000 passengers go? So basically, the man, a man, I don't know anything about him, so I'm not making any statements about his character, but he was, he's been condemned by Western countries for human rights violations, and he was like, 
you know what? Fear and discrimination is bad, and we should let these guys in and figure out what to do with them because they're literally stuck in the fucking ocean, you crazy people. Also, I haven't played Plague Inc., so I don't know enough about you have to close your harbors, actually. That's like step one is close your harbors, or I am going to get in there with my good virus. Sorry. So anyways, they came in. They got free visas. They got tested. Nobody has the coronavirus. They've just been stuck at sea for an additional two weeks just for funsies. Okay, okay so two things. One, I do. So I've been re- I mean, there have been a handful of cruise ships like quarantined in harbors and like just floating there with like, I guess Pornhub has been delivering them free porn, which is fun. <laughs> um, and I, I did see another fun story where someone I think it was in the Sydney Harbor and somebody, I guess, had a drone that they brought on the cruise ship. And I think he sent the drone to pick up a pizza. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It's, it, we we live in a time now where that's possible, which is well, great. Well, I think what I like about this story is that this boat was just like, okay, so we can't come, we can't get off at your city. I guess we'll keep going. <laughs> right. They were like, they, they were just right. like, all right, fuck it. I get, or, I'm a boat. I can do whatever fuck I want. Yeah, it was um, apparently supposed to end in Shanghai, and <laughs> I guess China was like. Yeah, no, we, we got rid of you already, so you can't come back into our city. I'm trying to fathom the, like, not even the desperation it must be, but, like, if you're a cruise ship and you're just, like, I mean, you're like, okay, I am a boat. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I'm going to just sail, I don't know, 3,000 miles out of my way just to find a, a friendly port. Yeah, why not? I mean, so, okay, go to so, an island, go to, like, the Marshall Islands or some shit. Who knows? Okay, so we know the passengers didn't declare martial law, but you brought this up saying Rachel was trying to use this as an example of how bad a cruise is. Right. Which, a normal cruise is the fucking worst, so what happened? What what did go wrong on this Well, they didn't ship? have coronavirus, first, which is a good thing. So important. Um, the second thing is, instead of ending in Shanghai in fucking February, where it is 14 degrees Celsius, which I believe is, like, I don't know, 50 degrees? Yeah, sounds pretty pleasant, actually. Uh, instead, <laughs> yeah, but instead they're in Cambodia where it's 27 degrees Celsius and sunny, which I think is like in the 80s. Better. Um, the cruise ship arranged free coaches to take the, the passengers to a nearby beach so they could hang out. Um, they're <laughs> yeah, surrounded by casinos, apparently, in this Sanukville or whatever. Uh, okay, the, the problem with what they... I mean, this is cool. I'm so glad they did. But like, okay, great. You took me to the beach to look at the ocean. I've been on a fucking boat <laughs> for two weeks, you assholes. Oh, cool. I get to go to more casinos? I had that on the cruise ship. Again, there's no reason to get off the boat. It's such a wonderful vacation. It gets better, Kush. <laughs> okay, go on. There's a quote from Zara Jennings, who was, who was a retired staff nurse who was on... She's from Britain. She was on the cruise. She said, everyone says, poor you, but there was no poor you. We had free internet, free wine... Three course meals, whatever we wanted to do was free. They already told us everything was going to be comped, basically. They asked her how it was. She said, lovely. The only (laughs) complaint aboard, Robert Sayers from New Zealand says, they ran out of hash browns a couple days ago and tomato sauce, but that was it. It was fine, really. So they got a free cruise because they comped this. They reimbursed them for this cruise. They get another free cruise, 14-day cruise. They were on the boat for extra long, so they didn't have to go back to work. And it's not like work was going to be like, no, please come in. You might have coronavirus. So, like, that's free and clear. They were on a fucking, they got all five-star accommodations on a cruise. I don't understand what the problem is. 
sign me up for this cruise. Yeah, Michael, I mean, it sounds, I mean, ideally is like one, work cannot get mad at you for taking. They can't. I mean, you're stuck in international waters. What are they going to do about it? Stuck in international waters. First of all, maritime laws (laughs) supersedes anything you have to say to me. Sorry, I was in international waters. You can fuck off. Um, So that's great. They can't be mad at you. I think it technically counts as a medical leave of absence. So you didn't even use extra vacation days. Sorry, I have a a doctor's note. I have a doctor's note. And the CEO of Dutch Holland Cruise Line says, (laughs) whoops. And... And he says, I get to do it again, and you can't stop me. Mm -hmm, Sorry. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, these people are probably all European, so vacation days don't count. Probably aren't a thing. Michael, I think it's great that they didn't get coronavirus. No one had it. No one had it. But thinking through the, we had free wine, free internet, and all the food we could eat, except at a certain point, hash browns and tomato sauce. No one got coronavirus. What do you think the odds are upwards of 10% of the passengers developed gout? (laughs) By just slamming wine, whatever, all day, man. That's what the, else would you be doing? That's the king's disease, and I would be happy to have it. Oh man, okay. I mean, going back to Rachel's opinion and the correct opinion of cruises, <laughs> they are bad. So uh, again, I think the problem here is, Michael, to your point, no one had this one specific disease, but the prevalence that I'm sure they generated additional diseases, mostly the sexual uh, kind, on oh, this yeah, boat. For sure, boy, howdy. <sighs> Can you imagine though you're you're a single person on this cruise? Like, why wouldn't you just be banging everyone? Because like we could have coronavirus, we could all be dead. <laughs> it's got a two percent mortality rate. <laughs> we may really... as well fuck it out. May, may as well. Um, yeah. Here's the here's the problem with cruise ships. The the one here. Okay. Here's the problem. So typically, when you go to a place, like say you go to a, a beach area right where there are resorts you can either stay in the five-star resort that has all the cool shit and is clean and and all that stuff or you can stay in like the equivalent of a motel six if you are on a budget the problem on a cruise is that both of those things exist in the same place right you can either pay like 40 dollars for the cruise and be 40 feet underground and never see the sun or you can pay for like the big balcony room and like you're on the top deck and it's great so like here's the thing i'm not saying that i want to go on a cruise where i i'm on a budget i want to ball out of control on a cruise sure the only cruise i've ever been on we were in college and we snuck booze in shampoo bottles some of which were not cleaned very well yeah, our friend Nikki, uh, I think, did a light rinse <laughs> of her rinse. herbal essences and then just jam-packed some, like, not, like, polarized vodka into that bad boy. Not for, top shelf. I would say for about five years, I thought that I disliked gin, but it turns out I just disliked Chris's gin that came out of a, a non-rinsed a bottle. Yeah, it was, like... Bottom shelf gin in a bottom shelf shampoo bottle, oh, yeah. which oh, is the worst combo. Yeah. So what I want, I'm just saying, I want to go on one cruise where I like the big cruise ship with like the wave pools and I can surf and I can like fucking fake skydive and all that shit. Well, and I want to ball out where I don't have to worry about sneaking shit onto a ship. Well, sure. I mean, that was a simpler time. It was spring break. I don't, I was 20 years old, so I had to have a waiver from my dad <laughs> so I could buy Mick Ultras on the cruise ship. For like um, $13 a piece. I had to have a waiver from my dad so I could smuggle in booze <laughs> in a shampoo bottle. Um, but Michael, so balling out of control on a cruise ship, though, is just like, 
it's just the accommodations change. You're still trapped in a floating box. Like, you can still do all the shit. You can still do the, the skydiving and, and wave pool and all that stuff. But you can, I mean, I guess you get sunlight in your room. Exactly. But you're still in a floating cesspit that's full of poop. Like, at, at any moment, Michael, even if you've paid for the $3,000 a night stateroom, your toilet could still overflow and <laughs> shoot bacteria, like poopy bacteria all over you. Yeah, but probably not because I'm so high up. That's like true. all that, all the shit runs downhill. Have you shit never fl- heard that? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, I assume the bottom three <laughs> levels of any cruise ship are just like bilge, just like a sloshy and poop pile. So. Also, you're talking to the person. You're talking to a person who loves like theme parks and water. Yeah, parks. So like those things are basically just urine constantly. That's fair. But they're still fun. You're not going to convince me that. Oh, it's dirty. There's going to be kids peeing in it. Sure. Probably. Who cares? <laughs> I, that's what I signed up for. <laughs> so Michael, I, I will say this before we move to another story. I do want to say that on our cruise ship, um, I, I've, I think my um, my difficulty pooping uh, away from home home field um, <laughs> has been well documented on this show and uh, elsewhere. Um it was exacerbated on on the cruise ship Ooh, to such a point that on a I think on the six day cruise that we took, I did not poop <laughs> at all. And I gotta say, if the toilets and like walls in our cruise ship had started bleeding feces, I would and I was just still chock full of my own without <laughs> if I had not contributed to the poop like walls. None of this I would have been. I would have been re. I was like, I didn't do any of this. I have no part of this. No, thank you. I don't want it. I don't need it. I did not sign up for this. You all contributed to this mess. Clean it up. I'm just saying, like, I feel like maybe not just like a couple's cruise, but I would love to get everyone together as a crew again and go on a cruise because we basically took over the cruise ship. I mean, it was 26 of us. I mean, like, again, I'm, I'm with you, Michael. There should be at least 15 friends. Just 100 Like, balling. if it was all just big groups of friends and none of the, like, the, like, I don't know, just no assholes, then it would be a lot of fun. Michael, hold on. Wait a second. Is this what is this what seniors do when they go on cruises? I'm pretty sure they just roll up with 15 of their friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or, then. like, business school where they go to Yacht Week. I they just have, that's... like, 45 people on a yacht. Okay, well, Michael, now we're talking about two incredibly different things. I'm just saying I can't afford to for I don't can't afford for me and 44 of my closest friends to get on a yacht. Like I don't have that cash, but I do have enough money for me and 30 of my friends to pay their own way onto a cruise. I'm going to hazard a guess that renting a yacht with 40 of your friends is probably cheaper per person than <laughs> balling out of control on a cruise ship. We won't have the the all you can eat like exactly. cheeseburger buffet. Exactly. But again the walls won't start bleeding cuz there piss was free sushi moment. for like hours every day. And I was in college so that it could have been gas station sushi, but Michael, to me you, it, it it was fucking a three Michelin star restaurant. Michael, I know correlation is not causation, but you absolutely must see the direct linkage between <laughs> free sushi and the walls bleeding poop. Our cruise did not do that, so there is not necessarily a correlation. We got lucky. We were the one out of every 100 cruise ships that we we were the one that didn't come home just overflowing with with butt juice well whatever count yourself blessed there is a new thing in where like podcast people like 
sponsor cruises or some shit. I don't know, but we're going to yeah. do it. All right. I we're going to yeah. do it. We're going to have, we're going to join us on the Tilt Good Buddy Media Cruise. Us and all of our friends. It's the it's the the buddy boat. The, the good buddy boat. The buddy boat. The good buddy boat. Okay, Michael, what do you got? What else do you got for me this week, buddy? Oh man, I have so much. You sent me a list just chock full of bangers. So many things. Uh, where should we go next? <clears throat> all right, we'll stick with transportation themes. Oh boy, I'm so excited. <laughs> EasyJet flight forced to make an emergency landing after drunk man ate his phone. <laughs> In like one, I'm not even going to say bite. Did he just swallow it or did he just like chomp this bad boy? Up? So this guy was, he was, he was being awful in, in so many ways, um, including, shocked. including making quote unquote advances towards a female passenger. So this guy was a piece he of grabbed, shit. He grabbed a boob. He was a sure. piece of shit. Uh, but <laughs> they were, the crew was informed that he was insanely drunk because he, smuggled back to smuggling he smuggled mm. aboard gin i'm not sure if it was in a shampoo bottle or not but smuggled it on gin on board and just started pounding just straight up gin out of a smuggled bottle okay addiction's a disease let's let's take a moment to acknowledge that but i gotta say if you are so committed to getting drunk on an airplane that you went to the like you must have gone to the duty-free shop to fit, like buy a bottle and then smuggle that on or put it into another vessel so no one like was like you know you're definitely pounding gin out of a fifth what are you up to yeah i mean the other thing that's crazy is it was an easy jet error so like it's not a long haul flight it it was going from manchester uk to uh iceland i'm assuming reykjavik which is a you're in the air for like two and a half hours max maybe 220 so, like, he smuggled a bottle of gin on for a fucking two-hour flight. He was not fucking around. Poof. Yeah. And, I, I mean, apparently had done some pre- He had he had pre-gamed the flight. <laughs> he had to have. Um, so Michael, do you think it's the freedom of movement that makes it okay? Or is it the length of the journey that makes it okay to smuggle liquor onto a cruise ship and not an airplane? I think it's because, uh, yeah, it's the length of the journey, I feel like. Because, okay. like... You know, if you're flying internationally, well, that's the thing. Wait, Michael, hold on, though. Here's the thing, though, because you get liquor on cruise ships for free. You don't get liquor on cruise ships for free. That's right. International flights. Okay. International flights you do because it's a long ass flight and they want you to be drunk. Sorry, you get wine for free if uh, you get quarantined for coronavirus. (laughs) My bad. My mistake. That's what I'm saying. Like. They were getting free wine. That's probably the equivalent of like several hundred thousand dollars. I assume in cruise ship prices. Real quick, do you think they got, like, Air Force One-style refueled with, like, shipment, like, pallet shipments of wine? Like, you know in uh, Hunt for Red October when Alec, Alec Baldwin gets dropped from the helicopter on the cable? Yes. Like, down to the submarine? Do you think they did that, but with, like, a strategic wine delivery? I mean, they would have had to if we were on board, for sure. Because if they're giving me free wine, I'm drinking several bottles a day. Again, I am committed to getting gout. Oh, you for can't sure. Stop um sorry back to the, the plane story. back to the this this guy did not have free wine um so after the crew was informed that this guy was insanely drunk they were basically like hey um you need to calm the fuck down or we're gonna have to divert the plane he started 
breaking apart his phone and eating the electrical parts of the phone. Hmm. Like, not like he tried to swallow the phone. Like, he literally just broke it and started pulling out little, like, capacitors and, like, sensors and wires and shit and just eating them. And he started chewing the battery. Michael, okay, interesting. Michael, off the top of your head, what does this tell you about this man? I mean, he clearly needs a therapist. <laughs> One, okay. He has some mental issues. Two, Pico definitely has Pico. I was going to say, what, what this, the ease of which he broke his phone in half. One, sure, therapy needed. But then the ease of which he does this and then like immediately goes to eating it. Tells me that this is not the first time this man has eaten a phone. <laughs> it just happens to be the first time he's done it in front of plain people. So like, you think this, this is man, like a regular occurrence? Like every once in a while they're like, oh, look, Joe's back in for a new phone. He must have yeah. ate the last one. I'm saying he's a regular at T-Mobile. Yeah. Like his cheers is the T-Mobile. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense because I don't think you just like start like I wouldn't know where to begin start to to eat my phone. I don't know what the most succulent part of a phone is. I assume the battery, which it does sound like he was not on that one. Pretty good. Yeah, the battery started smoldering. (laughs) So a cabin what you want. So a cabin crew member ran over and put the device in a cup of water to prevent any fire or explosion. Um, But yeah, so Kush. I know that you have some experience with drinking on airplanes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've ever told this story on Trends in Low Places. I don't know if you have either, but it... I was dancing around it, but there's a reason I don't drink on, on uh, aeroplanes <laughs> or in airports anymore. I'll say that much. Do you want to Do you want to tell the story, Kush? I mean, yeah, sure. Because I we mean, still... Me and Rachel still use that line all the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, so... If if you have listened to what 128 episodes of this particular show and have not come to the conclusion that I am just a dipshit and <laughs> unworthy of nice things, then this story will 100% convince you of that. And if this is the first episode of this show you've listened to, then this will probably stop you in your tracks if all the poop talk hasn't already done that. So, um, yeah, so I think I had just so it's a confluence of events, Michael. I had just turned 21. I had uh, just been broken up with by my semi-long-term college girlfriend. That one stung. Mm -hmm. I was on the way to be a groomsman for, I guess, the second time in our good friend uh, Matt's wedding in Chicago. Um, And she was going to be there. (laughs) Um, So that, those were those. And then also, um, it was, I was home for college uh, over the summer and uh, I asked my parents to drive me to the airport. And because they're insane people, they dropped me off at the Palm Beach International Airport, <laughs> which sounds big, but isn't. It's not. Um, I How think many gates three, that bad boy have? Like six? I think six to ten, maybe. <laughs> so they dropped me off because you you got to get through security. Got to. Um, I believe three and a half oh. to four hours early. Yeah, well, I mean... Back, back, uh, how many years ago? Ten years ago? I mean, we were still dealing with some of the aftermath of 9-11. You know, yeah, there was you long never knew. lines. You it just, was a crapshoot. You never um, know. Yeah. Um, so, ten minutes later, once I had breezed through security, found my <laughs> gate, uh, and just like, well, I guess I'll sit down at a bar and I'll have myself a Sam Adams light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a sensible, a sensible American beer. <clears throat> 
um, I immediately started, you know, chatted up, uh, you know, Michael, we mentioned old people on trips earlier. Um, shockingly, the Palm Beach International Airport bar scene is uh, chock-a-block full of old folks with uh, disposable income and uh, a friendly yarn to spin. Weird. Um, so they start chatting me up. And it's like, I remember uh, there was a nice older couple on either side of me. And we were chatting. And I mentioned, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm just turned 21, going to my friend's wedding. Uh you know, groomsmen for the first time. And, you know, and honestly, I was like, I think I mentioned, it's like, yeah, I don't really have a lot of money. So it was my first time in Chicago. So just trying to like, you know, whatever. Um, so they're like, well, son, let me buy you a drink. I'll buy you a shot. I'm like, all right. Don't all right. Do Hell yeah. Um, so I believe at the Palm Beach International Airport, I think in the course of the two hours before I did wander over to my gate, um, I think I did five to six shots of uh, crown royal or just at least drinks of crown royal mm-hmm. um and honestly felt fine you know got to got to my gate made my connection in atlanta you know i mean honestly this is like heyday of college that's like right. nothing and, and the worst part of this is the amount that we drank in chicago for the next four days oh god it makes it laughable that I that this even affected me but okay so get to, to we get had to, atlanta. to literally we tried to lie to you and Oded to tell you that there weren't four four a.m. bars in Chicago. Yeah, but I sucked out the truth cl- on that one quickly. Just turned on us. Yeah, I mean, we did walk down the street and realize you were filthy liars. Well, and of course, like you, buddy. Um, okay, so make it to Atlanta. Have like I think another three to four hour layover. So I'm like, oh, better go to the bar. Um, <laughs> you can't stop now because you're going to get hung over at some point during the day right. if you don't I got a light drinking. to medium buzz. Might as well just, you know, keep this train rolling. Um, so sit down at the bar, strike up conversation with friendly old folks, and then a pilot who is just there at the bar. Of course. And um, they really- Notorious yeah, they learn drunks. They learn I'm traveling for one of my best buds' wedding. I'm 21. Fresh, fresh man out on the town. Let me buy you a drink, bud. <laughs> I uh, distinctly remember the pilot ordering me a uh, shot of Grand Marnier for mm. some. So he was trying to get in my pants. Now, now I'm looking back at it. Um. So anyway, long story short, do like five or six more shots. Are you sure um, he was a pilot and he just didn't say something about his cockpit? Oh, maybe. Huh. Okay. Well, you know, whatever. Um, the naivete of a 21 year old. I was again just a simple, wide eyed boy. <laughs> Taking shots from strangers. Um, so then, you know, it's plane time. It's the plane times now, Michael. And <laughs> I get on the plane and I sit down in my window seat. And um, you know that moment where like before like the plane really gets before they close the door <laughs> and they stop cycling the air mm-hmm. and it gets like, oh, so hot. Just dick hot. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that happens. Especially in Atlanta was, in the middle of summer. Yeah. So. That happened, and I was just that perfect level of drunk that I I don't get claustrophobic, even though I'm a large man on an airplane. I did this time, and it was hot, and I got very antsy, and just immediately had to vomit. (laughs) Um, And there was a nice man sitting next to me, and Michael, you know that moment where you're just like, it's almost like a cough kind of, but like you you try to stop it. So Mm -hmm. did that. And I had my fist against my hand, so I vomited against it, like, a little bit, and then I just had it in my mouth. And so, oh, sorry, this is gross. Um, and then that made it Content worse. Content warning. Content warning. Disgustingness. So, I, you know, I stopped it briefly and then just vomited against the bulkhead. Um, and you know they have again, bags in the back of the seats. Yeah, I did not have time to get to it. Like, no, it was it was a heartbeats level of just boom, boom. So the nice gentleman next to me, um, 
immediately springs out of his chair like he's a Looney Tunes and just starts jumping up and down yelling, dude needs help, dude needs help. And I'm like valiantly trying to clean my vomit off of the wall. Um, And then a very nice AirTran, now defunct airline, I have to assume because of this incident. um, You took down AirTran. I took down AirTran. So this flight attendant comes over and he's like, sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave the plane. And I just turned to her covered in my own vomit, wearing, I believe, an Australian World Series of Baseball t-shirt. I look up at her and I'm just like, you do? And she's like, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, so I collect my bag, leave the plane, um, go go to the uh go to the uh nearest store and buy a I think just Atlanta Air Airport t-shirt, um, and then proceed to leave my backpack with my ID in the bathroom where I changed my shirt full of my pukey t-shirt, um, and that got stolen. <laughs> So, but then I made it to Chicago and had a great time. Yeah, we uh, we got to Chicago, Ian Rachel, and uh, oh, sorry, I did miss two flights yeah. to get there. <laughs> we were like, I thought Kush was supposed to be here, and they're like, Yeah, I thought he was supposed to be here too. Yeah, a lot of people thought I was supposed to be there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so what did we learn? Um, I learned that my Dad's reaction to that was to ask if I need to talk to a priest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so many priests. So, yeah, um, that, Michael, is why you'll never catch me smuggling gin onto an air- airplane yeah. and then eating my phone. <laughs> Not me, sir. You won't catch me in that trap. I'm <clears throat> actually terrified of being drunk on a plane because I have... I can't imagine why. <laughs> I have this... Well... I mean, that's part of it is I've heard these horror stories of people having to do bodily functions uh, mm-hmm. when they can't. And an airplane is like the number one place where like not only can you it's not that you can't get up and go to the bathroom. It's that if you do get up and go to the bathroom, you will be arrested. Right. Like that's the problem with me. It's like when I'm on a train, like I'm on the L train and like I start to feel not great, like that gets me stressed out and causes me anxiety, but at least I can get off at the next stop. Right. Like there is a possibility that the airplane will just sit on the tarmac for four hours. And if I try to get up, I will be arrested. And that is like the most terrifying thing to me. Yeah. They say it's the safest form of travel, but they don't really consider anxiety, particularly around my pee and poop habits. For sure. Which are, you know, I said mine as the collective mind, not yeah. mine, because, you know, I don't. You know, no, I used to have an issue with anxiety where, like, if I was ever in a position where there wasn't a bathroom immediately available, my body would choose that to be the time that I needed to go to the bathroom the most. So, like, I'm sure the anxiety of airplanes sitting on tarmacs not moving has taken off years from my life. Just the thought of it happening, not well, even the thought it- of it happening. Fair. Okay. And like yeah. the idea of being drunk where I have less control over those bodily functions is. Whew. Yeah, I will say, Michael, in general, I am a very calm person, very Zen. Like I don't get mad in traffic generally. I, I used to, but I've been like, like bumper to bumper traffic does not bother me. Like being stuck in my car, I'm like, whatever, I'll get home eventually. I think if I, I have not been in this situation, but if I was stuck on a plane on the tarmac, I would either open the exit road door and jump out of the plane or just get enough in the, the tiny space I have allotted to me 
would get up enough of like a running start, build up enough steam to put a like Kool-Aid man sized like Michael Cushing shaped hole in the side of a plane. And now you can't go anywhere. So, yeah, that was my first reaction when I found out you you remember that story way back where kind of what brought to a head this like customer bill of rights thing Mm -hmm. where like people were stuck on the tarmac for like eight to ten hours or whatever it was. It was just like. Sure, it's that 30 Rock episode with Matt Damon. <laughs> and they like they couldn't get up and use the bathroom. Then they finally let them use the bathroom. Then it overflowed. Whatever. It was like awful. But yeah, it's like I expect poop walls on a cruise ship. <laughs> right. But, but not on please. an airplane. Um, but yeah, so like I don't drink until I'm in the air. I don't drink into the air. And at this point, it's like I'll get one glass of wine. Mm hmm. Your, your boy's fine. I can wait. I'll take a Coke Zero and those little Biscoff cookies. Thank you for thank you for my sky treat. Oh, man. I will tell you, on a long haul flight, though, an edible is the way to go. Man, I guess we've talked. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this. I think the one time when I went to Tokyo, uh, Oded gave me one Lunesta. And speaking of anxiety, the one thing I was very nervous about, and I think I think an edible would also have this, is just that. I would get up to some weird shit. <laughs> like I was, I think I, I was so anxiety ridden after I took the Lunesta that I was going to wake up and like sleepwalk around the plane and like do someone else's crossword or like touch their dick that I was just like, well, this is going to be bad times for everybody. <laughs> just Michael Cushing wandering the, the just aisles. Bo- just booping dicks. <laughs> I'm like, all right, thanks. Hope you're enjoying your flight. Oh, just a sky marshal walking around. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Don't worry, and guys. Would... I'm the sky marshal. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This is routine. Sorry. And so the like, thing yeah, is, I can't, is like, I can't say 9-11, but it's because of that. If people actually thought you were the sky marshal, they'd probably let you do it because no one wants to be arrested on an airplane. Yeah, it's true. Because then you got to deal with the TSA and the Department of Homeland Security. You may never come back. I would say, yeah, on the off chance that I was the Sky Mushroom, I'm like, all right, I guess if you got to poop the dick, you got to poop the dick. That's all right. It's too much paperwork for me to deal with if you you are the Sky Marshal walking around in a Lunesta haze. Yeah, because like I need, I'm on a flight. I need to get to where I'm going. This is a weekend trip. I can't afford to miss this flight. Right. If I have to spend a a second longer in the airport than I have to or in this plane, uh, man, okay, just touch me wherever you need to. It's fine. (laughs) All right, so I've been I've been kind of driving this for a while. How about you, Kush? What do you got? Well, Michael, we've talked about all the way all the the worst parts of humanity and how mostly travel brings out just all the evil within us, mm-hmm. um, specifically from our butts. Um, <laughs> Michael, I want to talk to you about some research from Rover.com. Okay, about- Rover. The uh, we've used them before. They um, they're great. They came over and watched. Kind of last minute, we found someone to watch Staley when he was kind of not doing so great and couldn't be alone so that we could actually go out to dinner. Um, mm-hmm. And they were wonderful. The person who came over was great, very experienced. She was super sweet. I like Rover a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. Like pet sitters. I, I've only tried to use them once and they canceled on me the day before, oh, cool. but I'm not going to hold that against them. But <laughs> I will say, so they released this, this stats about dog people. Um, and some of it is kind of fascinating and also... I get it. I mean, I guess I am a dog person. So oh, I'm 100% a dog person. So the headline that they've decided to pull out of here, and like I, th- I think it's supposed to be like, like the stinger, like the shocking part of mm-hmm. this, but it says, the report show, and there's some good data in here, but it says 54% of dog owners would consider ending a relationship if their dog didn't like their partner. 
Uh, and I that seems way low to me. It seems way low, but also so. One, I would instantly like. There, well, first of all, you'll never catch me in like a "it's me or the dog" sort of situation because one, it's obviously the dog, and two, obviously, if we've gotten to this point and I hadn't realized that you were that shitty of a person, I I don't know. How we got, <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big believer that like dogs can, like most dogs can tell when somebody sucks. Yeah, and like if the dog just likes or dislikes you for like. N- quote unquote no reason you're probably suck in real life and like Mm -hmm. you're hiding something from me but the dog knows the dog knows and like this is implying that so this is my dog i i own this dog it's not like a dog we got in a relationship like i have this dog i started this relationship they met my dog and the dog is just like nah fuck that person yeah, fuck you. Yeah, 100% and, of the time, I'm like, well, dog doesn't like you, sorry. So I guess you got to hit the bricks. Yeah. And also, if like Charles Grodin and Bonnie Hunt didn't get rid of Beethoven, you really think you're going to make <laughs> me get rid of my dog? Yeah, fuck. Have you seen Marley in this and economy? Me? That dog was a, uh, insane. Yeah, no thank you. No, it's not happening. And I will I will say, too, I think correlate to this, I'm going to say that probably 46 of so the other 46% of these of people of uh, <laughs> women's profiles that I see on dating apps... If they have a dog, almost every single one of them does say, I'm just looking for a strong uh, male role model for my dog, (laughs) which was really funny the first time I saw it. Like, so, so good. It was the funniest. (laughs) But also, guess what? If that's what you're looking for and you want me to be a strong, authoritative figure in your dog's life, he's not, your dog's not going to like that. Sorry. Yeah, especially if you've, like, spoiled the shit out of your dog and you want me to come in and, like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to come in and be the disciplinarian for your dog because I like dogs. Right. So So I'm going to spoil the shit out of it, especially because it's not mine. If by role model you mean I am just going to sit on the couch and eat Doritos and like drink whatever I can get my hands on, then yeah. I mean, one, (laughs) maybe your dog's my role model at this point. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I had Bonnie, Bonnie's birthday. I don't know when her exact birthday is because we got her when she was about nine months old. So and they found her wandering the streets of South Carolina. So we they said she's probably born in february and so we were like you know what fuck it february 14th valentine's day is bonnie's birthday so this year uh i went to the pet store to buy some uh some pet food like you do and they had a happy birthday cupcakes for dogs okay yeah had a candle on and everything so i was like dope i'm gonna buy this i'm totally gonna do this our friends have a dog who had a birthday slightly before bonnie's we were talking to them and they were like, oh, his birthday's coming up. And I was like, oh, man, they have these great cupcakes. And he was like, yeah, I'm actually going to bake a cake for my dog. And they did. Whoa. They baked a dog. Did you they, feel like such I felt a like little an, I felt asshole. like a piece of shit. I, was like, <laughs> I bought this tiny little cupcake for Bonnie and they baked this spiced cake that had like apples and carrots and peanut butter and like all this stuff that dogs love. They baked yeah. the fucking cake. And I was like, wow. I thought that I was insane. I mean, to be fair, you are. They're just more. <laughs> yeah, but I. But somehow their insanity made me feel like I was. I sucked. Failing as a parent. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, now I, mean, I get it. Now I don't have any kids, but now I get it. I get why people are like, oh, well, so-and-so is doing this big thing for their one-year birthday, and they have a bounce house and a cotton candy machine. I have to, too. So what's your plan for how are you going to one-up them next year? Oh, I'm going to take her to, like, I don't know, Disney? Yeah, I was going to say Cedar Point. Does Bonnie <laughs> like roller coasters? I don't, I don't even know. know. I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm going to I'm going to buy a baby Bjorn for her and we're going to just we're going to hang out. At- so you and Bonnie are going to ball out on this cruise. She's going to go skydiving exactly. and enjoy this. It's going to be amazing. Me and Bonnie are going to go on a cruise. Rachel's going to have to stay home because she hates him. But you know what? It's not yeah. for her. It's for Bonnie. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I mean, Michael, one of these uh, one of these stats is, first of all, the majority of dog people, 78%, would include their dog in family moments like marriage proposals, holiday cards, and vacations. So that's important. Oh, yeah. We got, in, we got yelled at a lot because we wanted Staley in our engagement photos. And like we're like, yeah, this dog is going to be with us forever. I don't know if you realize this. We also tried to make Staley a, a ring bearer. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that got <laughs> shot down because we were not old enough to tell our parents to go fuck themselves. Right. And you know what? Honestly, I don't have a lot of regrets, regrets in my life, which is a lie. I have a lot of regrets. But one of them, for sure, is that Staley was not a ring bearer. I mean, I would have loved that, too. Your we- I mean, your wedding would have been significantly crazy. I think there probably would have been at least a couple fires if Staley had been involved in, like, Bringing the ring down the Whatever, the our flower girl just took off running. Yeah. She got halfway down the aisle and looked up and just turned around and hightailed it. So, like... What if she was riding Staley? See, that's what I'm talking about. This is what I wanted. And you can't turn around, yeah. you little shit. You're stuck to the dog. <laughs> um, more, yeah. Most dog people, 65%, admitted to taking more photos of their dog than their significant other. That also seems low to me. That, I mean, honestly, I don't even know. Like, it's... First of all, I take probably five to ten photos of Sora <laughs> every night of just like different angles of her sleeping because mm-hmm. she looks really cute or like her paws are doing something stupid. So, yeah, I'm like, honestly, if I took as many photos of and if I was a professional photographer and I took as many photos of people as I do of Sora, it would be fucking weird. Yeah, because it's so many. It's like, what are you like? Why would you just be shoving your phone in your like <laughs> loved one's face? Just be like, okay, now I gotta need to do this eighteen times because like your eyebrows are doing something funny, right? Yeah, I mean, Bonnie lays in the exact same position all the time, but every single time we're like, oh, she's so cute. We should take a ton of pictures of this. Yeah, um, my Google Photos uh, like uh thing online, I think it's uh probably i think there's twelve thousand photos in there nine thousand of those are sora three thousand are <laughs> two thousand are probably just like scenic vistas the uh, maybe one thousand are like selfies and like uh, my friends <laughs> i don't take a lot of pictures with me and my friends i'm not gonna lie no who gives a fuck yeah like they're, they're gonna be around yeah i'll see but, them later they also don't do cute stuff yeah i'm sorry i love you buddy but like You've never really looked as cute as Bonnie is when she's cuddled in a a, a down blanket. Yeah, and her dumb tongue is hanging oh, yeah. out like a real goober. Because she doesn't have teeth. Awesome. Just, I oh. want to know what the 6% of fucking dog owners who don't consider their dog part of their family. What are you guys doing? I assume that's like people who own just dogs for like purely guard duty, maybe? I guess. Or they're just so pieces of shit. Because so, like, so is that dog just an employee? Yeah, I don't know. Are they paying this dog? 
How does that even work? Like, you have an animal that lives in your fucking house and it's not part of your family? Like, I... You've seen this thing lick its balls and it's not part of your family? <laughs> <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, I don't... I... It's a bias I have, but if you say you don't like dogs, my immediate reaction is like, no, I don't trust you. Yeah. If you owned a dog and you claim that it was not part of your family, like... Oh, you're a bad person. Yeah, no, you're just terrible. Yeah. I bet you can make tax fraud. Probably. What do you have to? Probably. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this one does strike me. One in three pet parents have shed a tear when leaving their dog at home. That one... So most people said most 88% have done things to make sure their dog doesn't get lonely when home alone, including leaving on the TV or getting a second pet, yep. which like, yeah, if you, again, Obviously. like Sora listens to NPR every day. Mm -hmm. She's very like, she loves Terry Gross, loves jazz. <laughs> She's good at it. Um, but like the, the shedding a tear when you leave their dog at home, it's like, I mean, sometimes the dog just has to be at home. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever shed a tear when leaving my dog at home. I've got only 56% have celebrated a dog's birthday. Okay, fuck off. So, so, Michael, you're better than 44% of <laughs> dog owners. That's got to feel good. And of those 56%, I bet only like 45% have baked a cake. <laughs> but like, here's the thing. Only 56% have celebrated their dog's birthday, but 94% consider their dog a part of the family. So that means there is 38% of people who consider their dog a part of their family, but did not celebrate their birthday. Like... That's fucked up, man. That is pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like, you consider it a part of your family, which I'm assuming means, like, hey, it's like your aunt or uncle at the worst. And, like, I don't know about you, but we celebrate aunt and uncle's birthdays up in this house. I don't. If they lived with you, you would. Oh, uh, well, actually, yeah, I guess we did. I had one uncle who lived with us, but we didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, like, you have this person, this this animal that lives in your house that you consider part of your family, and then you're just like, oh, I know it's that per that animal's birthday, but, like, I'm not going to do shit about it, because fuck that animal. I think the difference, so a lot of the stuff here, so it's, like, people, like, uh, the majority will say hello to their dog first when they come home before greeting the rest of the family. Obviously. That's because the dog cares enough to come to me. Exactly. It's like no one else is running in to say hi. Mm -hmm. Welcome home. Because there's no one else here. <laughs> but it's also like with the birthday stuff, you're not going to hurt the dog's feelings by not getting a, a, a pup cake. I'm going to assume that I am hurting the dog's feelings, though. <laughs> Bonnie's like, so sure. dumb that she can't remember whether she ate already. But for some reason, I think she's going to realize that we she, forgot her birthday. She'd remember that. Like, oh, well. All right, I can see uh, see where I stand in this mm -hmm. family. Oh, I'm not even part of the family. Great. Oh, okay. okay. So I'll pack my little dog bags. Uh, where am I? I forgot. Hello. Who are you? <laughs> hey. Hi. Hi. Is this cake? Um. Is this cake? Great. Oh, you bought. Oh, you bought at a store. <laughs> Fuck, bro. Loser. Do you even love me? All right, Michael. What else? Hey, we got time for one more story. What do you got for me? I Buddy. got. <laughs> um. Actually, Michael, let me let me ask you something. So you take a bunch of pictures of your dog. Mm -hmm. Who are those for? I have no fucking clue, <laughs> man. I literally like, do not know why I'm doing that. So like I my Instagram is probably 90, 95 percent Sora pictures and probably also represents one percent of the photos I take of Sora. But I don't know who they are. I don't know who they're for. I send them to my sister because that's fun. But like that's 
But I also wouldn't send a picture of like any significant other to anyone. I was like, All right, I don't know what you. any of the pictures I take are for. That's fair. I think it's honestly, I think they're just to justify my uh, $2 a month investment in my uh, Google One storage. <laughs> Although I was looking back at photos from a trip that Rachel and I took in 2016, summer of 2016, which was like the height of my keto. And I look fucking great. And all it yeah. is, it's there now, though. And all it does is remind me of how at some point I wasn't a big fat slob. Michael, you look great. How dare you? Don't talk about your body that way. <laughs> I have. Bu- I would happily. I, do, boop I, do, your, I, some- I would happily boop your dick if I walked past you <laughs> high on Lunesta on an airplane. I have learned recently that I might have some some body issues. I'm sorry, buddy. I think I think you got a great body. You should you should love yourself. Anyway, story time. What you got? Ah, <laughs> uh, I got. Hmm. Did you see that? Um, Disney Plus is bringing rick moranis out of retirement for oh, a honey i shrunk the kids sequel you're right that that feels like important news the unfortunate part is that it's going to star josh gad as the adult son of uh wayne Zelinsky. um is like josh gad is like who they get when they can't get like old jonah hill right i think so they're like oh and jonah hill started actually like being being a really good actor and like writer and director and stuff so like we need to find someone else to fill his role i guess i i don't i don't know speaking of the photos of my dog i don't know who josh gad is for <laughs> like i don't know what gap he's filling there's there's a couple of like the action guys i, I think one of the like muscle boys who is in uh the the bad I think it was John Connor in the Bad Terminator. Mm. Uh, sorry, let me be more specific. The one with Christian Bale. Mm. Um, there's just a bunch of these like I blonde saw, muscle boys. Of the Terminator. I actually saw the most recent one with Sarah with the uh, uh, what's her was name? Was it good? The who's Sarah Connor in real life? And like, what's her name? Uh, yeah, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Uh, she was in it, and then also uh, Colby's uh, Smolders from nice. Agents of Shield. It was actually really good. I like that year. Your Kobe Smulders pull was Agents of Shield. Okay, Agents of Shield, Marvel movies. Like, I haven't even seen How I Met Your Mother. I know that's the most obvious pull. Well, that's the most obvious pull, but this one is the most akin to her acting as a cyborg Terminator in Terminator. Okay, Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I want to see that. It's a bit on my list. Terminator Dark Forever's um, Dark Fate. Yeah, there you go. That oh, sounds yeah, right. I got it. But just like big blonde muscle boys, we had like fifty. Like oh. it was like a like a Dollar General Chris Pratt. <laughs> and I was like, who who are you for? I get. I guess we couldn't get Chris Pratt, but like, so like yeah, Josh Gad is like you did a Xerox four times of Jonah Hill, but like Jonah Hill, it. like from ten years ago. Yeah. But like Rick Moranis, also speaking. Sorry, real quick. Sorry, go ahead. I don't. I'll no, it's fine. I was like, Rick Moranis has been in like basically a hiatus. You're right. He's done nothing for twenty three years. Which is, I mean, like he just decided. Like I, he said, I'm a single parent. I just found out it was too difficult to manage to raise my kids and to do the traveling involved in making movies. So I took a little bit of a break. And yeah. the little bit of a break turned into a longer break. And then I found out I really didn't miss it. Can you imagine how much money they had to throw at him to bring him back for a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel? Which is insane to me. 
He even turned down being in the in the Ghostbusters reboot. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Uh, I mean, I'm sure someone wanted a little Shop of Horrors sequel. Oh, for sure. Like, nope, nope. I'm coming back for Honey I Shrunk the Kids too, <laughs> featuring Josh Gad. What a great, uh, what a great movie though. Um, the original Honey I Shrunk, the original Honey I Shrunk the Kids, but also uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, terrific, so campy I, fun. So I have two. Two things, though. I can't imagine. First of all, I'm looking at I, I was looking at through uh, Mick. Ran- I was trying to figure out who uh, Nick Zelensky, Josh Gatt's character really was mm. in it. First of all, it's kind of crazy that someone in 1992 released a movie called Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Um, <laughs> but also how big of a fucking miss is it to make a sequel to any Honey, I Shrunk or Blew Up Any Kid movie and not have it focus on. The psychological torment that a baby must have gone through after being blown up to be like a hundred foot tall and crushing half of Las Vegas. And then your mom has to like try to bring you back to like baby size. (laughs) Like, first of all, that honestly, I want like a really gritty psychological horror movie about that kid's life. Yeah. But it's it's a coward's choice to focus on Nick Zelensky (laughs) and not whatever the baby's name was. Um. Did the movies of the 90s make us think that, like, people on their own could do way more than they really can? Like, we had all these movies like Weird Science and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and those, like, where we we were fed this idea that, like, a random dude with an idea in his basement could create, like, some insanely cool technology. And then what we found out when we got became adults was that like, no, it literally just takes billions of dollars and a multi like multinational conglomerate. Yeah. Like if you're good at, like if you're pretty good at a computer, like a Tandy 1000, you can just make a girl. You can just make a whole dang girl. You can make whatever you want. If you know how laser work, (laughs) you can make your kids real small. And then also with that shrinking technology, you will make no money, no. and then you blow up your big boy kid. Oh yeah, and still get no money from no that money, at all. and also no jail time somehow. Yeah, I feel like somehow you go to jail for that, Rick Moranis. Yeah, maybe that's the how they explain the gaps. Like <laughs> I've actually been in a Croatian dark site prison <laughs> for twenty three years. The military actually stole this technology from me and threw me in the gulag. Maybe Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 2 starring Josh Gad as Nick Zelinsky is actually him using the Ant-Man technology to go break his dad out of a gulag. <laughs> and if if that is the case, one, pretty bold choice for Rick Moranis to come back. And I'm into it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure. If this is this is actually a an extension of the Marvel comic uh comic universe. Yeah. I'm I mean, kinda into it. That's maybe it's maybe it's just Black Widow in disguise. She goes to Russia. Um <laughs> I will say, uh, Michael, to build on your point, too, I think like I think we've come around on the one. Not only can you like cannot any random smart <laughs> Joe Schmo in their garage, because I think they were focused on like, oh, well, fucking Bill Gates and Steve mm-hmm. Jobs made a, made a Microsoft and Apple in the garage. You can do anything you want. And now that all of those people grew up and turned out to be giant dickheads mm. with their technology, it's more so like you have to have billions of dollars. And then, say, in Ex Machina, when you are smart enough to create AI and robots, you're only going to use it to be a weirdo sex pervert. Yes. And invite Donald Gleason there to murder him? I don't even know what the point of that was. Yeah. I mean, like, what we've learned is that people who 
become that successful are that successful because they're kind of insane. Mm hmm. And like before maybe, everyone's maybe all like a bad person and before everyone's all like, oh, well, Bill Gates is such a great person. He's pledged to donate, blah, blah, blah. Fuck off. Whatever he's been donating, he's still making more money than he's donating every single fucking minute of the day. He's literally his wealth is growing even though he's giving away money. So maybe he could give away more. Just saying. maybe. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe. Michael. It's like, a thing. hey, Jeff Bezos. Thank you so much for the ten billion dollars. Oh, to for fight. Sure. climate change. Really nice start. Also, maybe, maybe you should like, like I don't know, power AWS with like renewable technology. Because holy shit. Also, was or, it ten billion dollars over like the next like fifty years? Or like pay taxes? Actually, I don't know. If pay we taxes. About this. There's a good idea. I, I don't know if we talked about this, but um, the Australian like brush fires. The two women who yep. like were selling nudes of themselves, oh, yeah. and they raised they raised more money than Jeff Bezos donated. Of course, it's like okay, okay. I did um, see an Onion article that uh, I think it was Onion or Clickhole, one of the two, where they were like Australians frantically build a replica of the, of Notre Dame to to get billionaires to donate trillions of dollars <laughs> to the wildfire. Man, that's so. a that's a brutal take on our current world. <laughs> Uh, all right michael on that note well, i think that's gonna do it for us this week on trends of the play i think i don't know if we really got the point across in our mike bloomberg shitting on heavy episode last week but i guess it's time to bring back the guillotine oh yeah <laughs> that's what we're really cool. driving at but michael um it's yeah, been lovely seriously wait you. can we just just real quick a yeah. uh, fuck mike bloomberg <laughs> into the sun like every day something else comes out and like i hope now that he's made the debate stage, I hope the other people on it just do nothing but bring up his shit and make him answer for every stupid, shitty thing he said or done. Yeah, 100%. I, I am actually, I mean, so the debates so far have been really like, I don't know, kind of ho-hum. Everyone's just kind of yelling the same thing. I'm pretty excited for everyone. Like previous debates, no one's really had the knives out. Because, mm-hmm. like, everyone has really been in that, like, well, you know, whoever the eventual nominee is, we probably, you know, we want to tear them down too much. But, like, people getting them claws out mm. from Mike Bloomberg. Oh, yeah. And I am, I, for one, Michael, can't wait to see it. Yeah. I mean, I was actually really disappointed because somebody that, a former coworker of mine who is now a uh, United States congressperson, uh, huh. uh, she endorsed mike bloomberg but then i found out that he gave 2.2 million dollars to her election campaign and now i get it but i also kind of shitty yeah again though we will take 150 dollars to <laughs> tell you really some more good things about For mike sure. bloomberg so many good things i mean one, at this time, point, Michael- one time he saw a child that he could have kicked and he didn't kick him as hard as he could have that's man what, what a, a great noble guy. man yeah michael i don't is it technically is it blackmail or ransom if we're saying hey well if you give us money we'll keep your name out our mouth um is it all truth oh yeah but honestly i probably would break that agreement yeah 100 percent. yeah that's why i don't ever um, sign ndas because i can't keep my mouth shut sorry <laughs> I've never been asked to. <laughs> well, Michael, it's been lovely talking to you, buddy. Everyone, if you enjoyed this show about um, travel poop, um, you can find out more information about um, this show and our sister show, Longest Days of Our Lives, which we'll, we're going to do again soon. 
um, in which Michael and I, our good buddy Curtis, are watching every single episode of Hit Show 24. You can find out information on those shows at goodbuddymedia.com, which now that we recorded this episode on a Tuesday instead of Thursday, the day before it goes live, I now have more time to not write the blog post. (laughs) But if in the intervening two days I find the time to continue not writing the blog post, you can find a blog post at goodbuddymedia.com. We're going to do it. Michael, how else can people help us out? You can uh, help us out by uh, finding us on your podcast app of choice and uh, putting your meatball right on that subscribe button. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just boop your dick right on that button. Boop your dick right on it. Um, And, you know, if you have a few minutes, uh, you could write us a blog post. No, you can um, give us a (laughs) five-star rating. and or a very nice glowing review. Um, you can send us stories at uh, goodbuddymedia at gmail.com or by contacting us on Twitter at TILPcast at TILPcast. Um, or you can just contact us there and tell us how cool you think we are or, I don't know, maybe just send your best Bloomberg dunk. Uh, Bloomberg dunk, cruise story, cruise pictures story. of your dog. Yeah, oh, yes. If you want to send us dog pictures, that would be amazing. Send us your dog pictures. Yes, that'll be our blog post. We just sent. We'll just be four hundred pictures of Bonnie and Sora. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. Cool. Well, um, everyone, Michael, it's been lovely talking to you, buddy. Love you. Love you too. Toodles. Toodles.